0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a solution for one of the biggest challenges you face as a busy design professional today. This conversation is going to change the way you do business. Really, it is. It's all about the promotion of design. Promotion and marketing are two different issues. One issue, really, but often conflated, that confound most creatives and simply frustrate the rest. The socials are not user-friendly. People don't tell you what they want to see and if you're focused on the right work. As most of you are, the promotion side is just plain frustrating. Following is a conversation that is part of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. This conversation features designers Jeannie Chung, Bringen Jane, John McClain. Between Jeannie's cozy, stylish, chic blog, Brigan's managing the work and a role on ABC's Extreme Home Makeover, and John McClain with all of his hats, designer, firm owner, television and magazine contributions. This group is busy, but they have figured out some amazing hacks, tips, tricks that will help you wrap your arms around the promotional challenges you face each and every day. This conversation is moderated by contributing editor and publicity professional Alexandra Bramian. This is such fun for me because Alex asked me to stick around and chime in with tips I've learned, not just promoting Convo by Design, but the work I did at Playboy and in broadcast radio over two decades. This is another edition of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol with the promotion of design. And by the way, are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, please do. So you get every episode automatically when they're published. You can find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts, all things design and architecture. So check it out. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger a progressive brand that was built on a promise to provide designers, architects, and homeowners with the right materials to do their very best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But it's more than that. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program that makes the specifying process simple with the support you need. They've been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. In 2020, I launched a series in partnership with Walker Zenger called The Showroom. This intimate interview series showcases some of the very best creatives in the business today. Please join us live or catch every episode recorded so you can enjoy it on your schedule. Walker Zenger is on the cutting edge of design featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. So check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online. WalkerZenger.com. This is Convo by Design. And today we're doing, this is part of the wellness and design thought leadership series uh, presented by Thermosol. I, I cannot begin to tell you how thrilled and excited I am for this conversation because I have four very good friends of mine. Um, love you guys and value you, value your opinions and your work and what you do. The The topic today is the the promotion of design how do designers, architects, creatives in the field promote their work, promote themselves, build a following, drive new business, continue to do the work that they do, manage social media? There's a ton that goes into that. And we're gonna sort of explore all the things that that go into that. And this is gonna be fun for me because I am totally not used to this. I'm used to kind of running the show I'm not running the show today. I have enlisted a good friend and a very talented journalist and PR professional, Alex Abramian, to moderate this panel for me. And then I get to sit back and and be a panelist. And I'm super thrilled about it. I'm really excited. And I can't wait to see where this goes, Uh, but I'm excited. So with that, Alex, I am going to turn it over to you. The mic is yours.
1: Okay, awesome. Thank you, Josh. I'm so happy to be here with all of you today and this topic is near and dear to me I have my career has been spent on both sides of the media coin I was a design editor for 15 years and for the past five years I've been a publicist for designers and during those 20 years there's probably been a complete 180 evolution in terms of how designers get their work out to attract clients to convert clients to let the world know what they're doing um, from 2001, when I started as an editor, to 2021, where we are now, these worlds are completely different. So I'm excited to find out how everyone is doing this, how they did it prior, what they're doing now. Um, and to, before we dive in, I'd like to invite everyone to introduce themselves, um, starting with Bregan.
2: Oh, yay, because I'm so ready for this. Hi, I'm Regan Jane, and I'm an interior designer with a firm here in Santa Monica, California. And, um, you know, I focus a lot on also television work with HGTV, um, and branded messaging is really important to me.
3: So just design everything over here.
1: Awesome. Okay, Jeannie.
3: Hi, I'm Jeannie Chung, and I'm a designer with Cozy Stylish here chic here in Pasadena. And uh, in addition to interior design, I own a to the tra- a retail and to the trade showroom. And uh, we're in the process of putting together a, a monogram experience center uh, here in our building and a co-working space for interior design. I know it's um, a lot of heavy lifting uh, during the pandemic, but what better time to... You know, have something interrupt your life? The now,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Thank you.
4: Okay, John. Hey, I'm John McLean. Um, happy to be here. This is like old home place today with all everybody here. I just I love all of these people. Uh, I'm a residential interior designer. I have an office here in Los Angeles and also one on the East Coast back in Florida. So we do. Uh, a number of high-end projects from complete renovation to just the, you know, the fun stuff, the decorating part of everything. But I, I love this topic today. I think it's so relevant and ready to dive in. It's so fun. Awesome. Great. Thank you all.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, when Josh and I were talking about this, when we were reviewing this topic, Josh said something that really struck me back in the day, you could get onto ADS 100 list and your career was kind of done, you were going to get clients, uh, they were going to keep on coming based on that one PR placement that was just the gift that would keep on giving. Uh, That we are not there anymore. Being on AD 100 is far from a career guarantee. There's traditional media, there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's social media. There's branded endorsements, there's HGTV, there's, and then it keeps coming. There's TikTok, and now do I need to be on Clubhouse? So it keeps coming. So I wanted to ask each of you in this crazy time of too much change that we can all barely keep our heads on straight, where have your marketing, promotional, PR efforts gone in the past five years? How have they changed in just five years? Um, Let's see, John. I'll start with you.
4: Well, all marketing—it needs to be digital marketing, as far as I'm concerned. If you're if you're paying dollars for your advertising, it, it needs to be in the digital realm. I, in the early years, I did exactly what you you said during the introduction. You know, there was like the print advertising, and then there was the traditional ways of you know meet and greets. But now, you know, things have changed a bit, of course, and we're not able to do as many in-person things as we used to do to kind of get the word out. But I shifted from print to digital uh, in, a, in a few different forms and that's really helped I really try to as much work as it is um, social media is a huge huge part of what I do as far as marketing and sometimes it's not direct marketing it's more like subliminal you know like you're, I'm here this is my area of expertise this is what I know and I think that comes across in how you just present yourself you know to to the world so I think that I've taking those dollars that I used to put in the very, very traditional ways. And now I'll put those into more, um, uh, digital platforms and SEO is really important as well for me.
1: Okay. All right. So you were buying a half page ad in this full page page ad, excuse me, a full page ad in this luxury magazine. Yep. Right. And now if you are going to put advertising dollars to something, it's going to be for search.
4: Yes, that or, you know, there are the uh, the the promotional ads you can do on Facebook and Instagram. You can, you know, do those type of things that also work really well Uh sure. okay. well. I, I don't just boost a post just to boost a post. Like I have to really figure out what I'm going to put out there because boosting a post doesn't really get, you know, maybe the post isn't really as relevant as what I'm needing to bring in for a new client. But if I'm specific in a specific ad, That I make for the digital marketing side of things, then I will pay to promote that. Okay.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great, great. Bregan, how about you? Five years to the present moment.
2: I feel like that five year question is so interesting because five years ago, I really worked with my PR agency and we were going after the big magazine spreads. It's like all my dollars were around being in the printed magazine with the layouts shopping your photos, not sharing your photos. And then somewhere in the middle, our assets became valuable in a different way, where print really demanded that we didn't preview the space, but Instagram was demanding to see all of my work. And so I remember it being this very like sort of chicken egg moment in the middle, you know, call it two years ago. And now it's very hard for me to not use, uh, you know, any of our projects on social first and in digital first, um, where I feel like that's a complete change from the last five years. Total um, 80. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and John does a great job too. Like there is a lot of work that goes behind the business of promotion and curation of your visual aesthetic. That isn't even you as a designer actually working on a project. But luckily, I think this is where not just the design industry is headed, but all industries, it's like your portfolio is now online in whatever field you're in. And luckily for us, I think we're a group of creatives who are sort of apt to be able to put ourselves in a visual display, right? So that has just continued to be the focus of my brand. And whether it is TikTok, like I'm the first one to jump on a new platform. Okay. As I've seen these like build and fall, right? What I notice is your ability to commit from the beginning and be one of those first on there in the conversations will help you in an algorithm base that you don't want to end up behind. You know what I mean? Like the people who really were blew up on YouTube, then there were the people who blew up on Instagram. And so now, because there are so many coming out, it's like you have the opportunity to like blow up on reels or blow up on uh, Clubhouse or blow up on TikTok now. And I think it's about, for me, scheduling it out and just making it a part of a task list and like a daily job because it needs that consistency and it needs that branded messaging and right. if you try to just get creative with it and post when you feel inspired, you're going to lose out on how the, how that world is built to promote your page from an algorithm computer
1: standpoint in the background. Right. So, okay. Chicken egg. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. You've got this somewhat outdated notion of, A.D., this house cannot appear in any form, anywhere in the universe until we have our first stab at it. Uh Uh-huh. Are those days over? Does the exclusive matter if you've got 50,000 highly engaged people on your Instagram
2: page? It does. Um, I recently, one of my biggest projects just came out, um, you know, fall, winter of last year. And we gave those pictures to print magazine the summer before that. And that meant they couldn't hit my social till January. Right? Um, Which is great. So I also like to tell people like, think of it as a long lead time. Like we're living in what I'm photographing today. My followers won't see for another eight months
4: by the time
2: i get the photographs back by the time i shop them appropriately by the time then it runs where i want it to run and then i can bank but it will last me six months of content but i have to not be in such a rush to get it out there i'm confident that it's gonna hit so great
3: Sorry, go ahead, Jeannie, yeah. This I great. have a question. Um, you know, I know it's so hard to wait when you're working mm-hmm. on a project. You know, Brigan, question for you is, do you uh, post uh, progress shots in stories or anything like that? Or do you just hold off on everything? I'm, I'm also,
2: I mean, we're, we're kind of all sort of in this LA bubble, right? Where mm-hmm. privacy of my clientele is unusually sensitive. And so it's a constant battle because I don't show a lot of BTS stuff and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't show a lot of my day because again, like you're saying, like, I don't want to shoot something and then ruin an opportunity later. Um, but it is a challenge and I have to create content Mm -hmm. around my personal choice To not show those parts of the job and just be confident that like, look, nobody's seeing me put in the sink, but I can highlight, you know, the sink brand that I'm using or that I'm working with and give people tips on how to purchase sinks. And I have to put more effort into that
1: curation than just showing what I'm doing every day. So you're not going to show the sink in the laundry room but you're gonna show the sink in the catalog with your thoughts about how someone else could bring this to life.
2: I probably, personally, I'd write a blog on how to pick a laundry room sink and faucet together, and I'd give a few options, because that's what I'm doing in life at the moment, so that will be a natural curation for me. And then I'll wait, and six months from now, you'll see my sink and faucet after we've gone through the necessary sort of like run of,
1: of photography. Okay. And then, Bregan, your marketing funnel, so it's you still put print and uh, media placements at the top of the funnel, and then you have enough going on that you always have something that's now teed up for social because it's gone through that life cycle. Is that how you approach your projects?
2: That is how I approach them. I okay. think that the publications are the senior class, and they do... I have a lot of merit and respect from me that I want to continue to partner with them even though the exclusivity is sometimes difficult. But okay.
1: yeah, yeah. Great, thank you, great. And then Jeannie, so how talk to me about your past five years and promoting your business. Well, I think
3: five years ago, I mean, I was just really getting started. And, um, so it was all social, you know, free social media. And then, um, I think a lot of it has been just doing show houses actually, uh, that's produced a lot of content for me. Um, I've also, you know, because doing those show houses, I've been in front of the media that way. Um, I just kind of approach things, um, um, unlike uh, both John and Regan, um, it's just been pretty organic. And I just, I've been pretty easygoing about things and whatever happens, happens. And um, it's just taken me
1: down an interesting path. (laughs) Right. Okay. Gotcha. So you each have, I think when I was, you know, looking at your websites and your social and products, all of you have really different recipe cards with different ingredients. This person has more on Instagram. This person's on HGTV. I found that really fascinating that there's so many different recipes for promotional success. Um, Josh, you're awfully quiet. Do you want to jump in here?
0: No, actually. I, I think that, um, i think they're doing great the one thing that i will say is when you ask about what life was like five years ago the one thing that i can tell you is five years ago i was three years into convo by design and i would still call people about coming on and for an interview and the first question i got was what's a podcast and with that i i can tell you you know you talk about clubhouse i guarantee you people are going to be watching and listening to this saying what's what's clubhouse Um, because things happen so quickly, you have to decide, do you want to go as a designer or an architect? Do you want to go on TikTok? I don't know. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense. But every time you go on a new platform, do you go on snap? Do you go on clubhouse? Do you go every time you do that? It takes resources. You still have to resize. You still have to push it out. You still have to have someone in your office doing that, that might otherwise be specifying product or researching product. So you know, I will. That's my experience with it. it. It's it's incredibly frustrating, even for me. And I'm not in design technically directly. But, you know, if, you know, back to, back to you guys. It's really interesting, too, because you look at what Bregan, John and Jeannie all do. It, the, I think, Alex, I think you nailed it. The recipe card is completely different. But you guys have all figured out how to do it. I'm just curious. How did you figure out how to do it? How did you figure out what works, works best for you?
4: <laughs> trial and error to the nth degree I'm telling you. it's literally like you try something and you know you, you I think in the beginning I was really focused on look at my pretty pictures, look at my projects, look at this, look at that. but really what you have to think about or what I have to think about now is what does my follow what do my followers? what does my audience what do they want to take away from what I'm showing them? And for me it's turned into a lot of like educational type things. So I do show, uh, and, I, and I get why Breeden wouldn't or can't show the behind the scenes, but for me, that's sort of the, the grit behind what I do. And people just react to that so much. It's almost like you open the curtain and they can get into this mysterious world of interior design, you know, like, what is this all about? And then you can kind of show them the nuts and bolts of it. And I think that that's, what's really, I don't know, that's had more gravitas with my, with my audience than anything, honestly, they just really, really follow that along and they expect more of that. And uh, I think that's, kind of where my niche has ended up being for my followers so
1: that's what sticks for your audience
4: (laughs) yeah yeah it's almost like you just demystify everything and they just really love the fact that you know and listen I'm I'm yes I design multi-million dollar homes and I have high-end clients but that's not where I came from as a as a kid growing up you know I was from a middle-class family all these things that I do now frankly weren't accessible to my family and so a little bit of me has that deep inside of me to want to give back to the people who, who may or may not be able to do the high end design that I perform for my clients. So I I have that inside of me a little bit, I think is, which is part of the reason that I like to give back in that way.
1: Okay. So what, what sticks for your audience, Jeannie, what do you think? Me,
3: it's all about storytelling. So it's telling the story of how I came about, um, creating a specific design. So I'll put the pretty pictures in my posts, but then in stories, I will show the process. I'll show my initial sketches and then maybe even at market as I'm selecting things and you know what, nothing's programmed. It's like, okay, here we are. Hey, this would be great to, you know, show people because they don't know what goes into everything you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've gained more, Respect as a designer, just being able to show everything they do behind the scenes, and I think that um, uh, potential clients as well. uh, I think they they value what I bring to the table because of what they see. Yeah, good
1: point.
2: And Alex, I'd love to echo them both a bit because I think one of the things you're both saying too is demystifying and that human connection. I think is important part of social media growth and brand. like people wanna feel they know you. So like one of the ways that I offer that is like, I show a lot of my kids has nothing to do with design, but people feel like they know me and they're seeing behind the scenes because people want that connection point. And John, I was spying on you the other day and I loved how you, you engage your audience a lot. And you know, it's just looking at your peers and seeing what they're doing but you were talking about that picture that you had and where should you put it in your new house and like that she had a name and I got all the information. Like I didn't know you had a piece of artwork that you loved in your house that had a name, but inside your post was that. But then also you engaged me to like help you decide where to put it. And I think that those are the innovative ways. Like it's you've gotta find a place where you're talking to your audience, but then each platform is almost a mini like resume or profile. So if people are struggling with where do I go and what do I do? I'm always just like, whatever you start, make sure when your clients go there, brands go there, that it is the representation of what you want it to be. Even if you're not active on it, if somebody pulls up your Twitter, and you never tweet, is it a good representation of you as a brand? And like, can it just live sort of archaically, but as a resident? You
0: what know what, Brigand sorry, John, you're muted, and i'll I'll jump in here anyway. Um, Bregan, I will tell you something. You are one hundred percent right. And John is absolutely brilliant when it comes to that. It's really one of the things that I think is is a superpower for you because when she mentioned that piece of art, I know exactly which one she's talking about. I know i've I've seen it. I know it. I love it, and it's funny because when you do talk about it, it's a it's a driver. I, I can just, you know, as you were talking, Bregan, I wanted to just share a quick story with y'all. You know, prior to um, starting the podcast, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I used to work for Playboy. I built the uh, the Playboy radio platform, and I learned something about promotion of oneself from Playmates, and I have the utmost admiration for them. If you think about it, Playmates have 30 days to make the most of their exposure. Imagine if you only had 30 days to do the majority of your promotion, because in 31 days, there's somebody else. You've been replaced. And that happens to everyone and they all know it going into it. And I would watch and see these amazing women, really smart, really strong. They would plan their campaigns. Their issue would launch they would just be ubiquitous they would be everywhere they were doing they were talking about everything they were at every event they were showcasing and they had to kind of get the get the next gig during those 30 days and i what i see with with the three of you is you guys do that with your work you know you don't you don't have just 30 days you don't have these these short windows but you kind of I don't know if it's bursting, right? But you burst when you have a project, when you have something that you want to talk about, all of a sudden it's multi-layered and it's multi-platformed. And I think you guys do it really well. And I think in contrast, there are many that don't. And I think the reason why they don't maybe is because they they don't know how to. Um, But I think it's amazing. And Jeannie, you know, you're know, you one of those people too, who I've seen like, like around West Edge a couple of years ago, you were working with a client. I saw you- everywhere and, and talking. And it was really amazing. And I'm just curious, have you always done that?
3: No, I'm actually very introverted. <laughs> so when I when I jumped into this business, <clears throat> I knew that I couldn't be that. And it's being at every single trade show, being in Vegas and High Point at KBiz, going to Europe. and um, And you know what? The more FaceTime that you have in front of these people, you know, if something comes up, you're top of mind because they're used to seeing you everywhere. And then they see you on social media and they want to know, hey, you know, they ask you about your projects because they've, they've been seeing the progress that's been going on. So, you know, it's really important. Uh, Visibility is really important, not just online, but if you can in person as well so and Jeannie like you're somebody
2: I follow during market because you do a great <laughs> job of that moment and I think Josh kind of what you're speaking to is like there can be these moments for all of us where we're good at something and all of a mm-hmm. sudden we get our 30 days mm-hmm. and it might fall flat for three months and then we get another 30 days whether that's self-created or it's just based on our strengths like I know during market, I'm probably going to follow Jeannie over John. But if I need like design tips, I might go to John because Mm -hmm. his whole profile is dedicated to it. And I'm like, what did he do with that bar solution? I'm looking for one now, but it allows us these moments to like hop and then kind of mute Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. back because people
3: get bored.
4: But you know what? Also back to what Josh was saying, what, we're just going to brag on each other. But what you do so well, Regan, is like, I think that, so <laughs> when we have like a magazine come out or when we have an article come out or when we have anything come out, it's, it's, I think it's all about what you were saying, Josh, what do we do with that? If you just let it sit in that magazine, fine, that's great. But are you self-promoting it? Are you causing, you know, a lot of attention on your own around that? And I think that's so critical now is to not just rely on one success or on one win or one thing it's like you take that and buddy you figure out how to get that out there for the next 30 plus days and that just gets more attention drawn to it and more excitement around it frankly so i think that's really Mm -hmm. important just to to do what we can on our own with all the other successes that we have in in our in our field
2: i I think a lot of people reach out john via my linkedin because i've been sharing all of my digital press articles on LinkedIn and I get more business calls because they're like, oh, Bregan's relevant in the space. She's a pro. She's a whatever. But I have to tell LinkedIn I'm giving my vocal voice to the interior design community over and over and over again. And like, that's the phone call that I get where somebody's like, I'm doing a hotel in the Bahamas. Would you ever be interested? I see that you're a boss in design. And I'm like, Yes. You know, so it's also like there's so many different platforms and so many <laughs> different places to reach your audience and, um, you know, different ways to utilize it.
1: What do you guys say? Okay, this is I get from uh, a lot of times who are earlier in their promotional career and overwhelmed and a little scared and I'm always encouraging them on social media. You have to tell the story of not just what you do, but who you are. And they invariably say, a lot of times they're women, invariably say, no, people are only going to hire me for my work. I'm a designer. And I say, I don't think so. But what? How do you guys respond? I feel like that's just fear of showing up and justifying it. I'm not judging these people at all, right? but I'm trying to encourage them People need to see you as well as that kitchen. How do you guys feel about that? Is it important?
4: Oh, 100%. I mean, you, I, I, I'm i kind of like, um, you know, that overused word authentic that's out there everywhere now. I think that we, we've heard it so much, but so I, I don't even want to say authentic. I just want to say like, you be you. And I think that I'm just like, here's everything, you know, here are the good days, here are the bad days. And Uh, you know, I kind of base my post and my thought process on what I hear from my clients, too. Frankly, like if a client, like if we're designing the kitchen and the client was like, I don't really understand why you did this, this design this way or why you chose this finish. I'm like, oh, wow. So if they don't really understand, obviously, I didn't explain it well enough. But on top of that, other people might have that same need. So I think that I just try to show every single aspect of it. I strategically, I try to keep my personal post-ish stuff on the weekends and then like more business stuff through the week. That's kind of how I think about it, Mm -hmm. that people are more relaxed. But I I think that there's always room for, you know, honesty and to be yourself. Um, And all these people do a great job of that. Everybody.
3: Yeah, I think the captions are a great way to get people to get to know you better. The picture may not necessarily tell the entire story, but I think with the caption, you can insert a little bit of humor there, and um, and I think that's a great way to you know show off your personality. (laughs) Yeah, and dig a little deeper too. Like sometimes the picture
2: is enough. But you can get into a conversation so that that audience member who does want more from you, it's like you offer everybody the pretty picture. But for the person who wants more, you're absolutely right, Jeannie. Like you mm-hmm. can you can connect in that, mm-hmm. that common space.
4: And you'll know who wants more and who doesn't want more. You're going to see your followers either leave or increase based on what you do or what risk you take <laughs> or what thing you say, you know. I'm kind of like warts and all, I just show everything sometimes. And, you know, I lose some people and I gain some people when that happens. But, you know, frankly, it's me and that's the people, that's the person that we all are. and We have to let that be seen to everybody, at the good and the bad.
2: And I would also offer that, like we said, trial and error. I think all of us have been willing to try and fail. And I think a lot of people have difficulty with that. And so they never do. Mm -hmm. That's what I see all the time. It's like people want this curated map of like how to market themselves perfectly on social media. And until they know what that map is, they're not going to post anything Mm -hmm. and that they fail before they start. Right. And so for myself, too, with like the kids or, you know, I'm I'm divorced, like there's always been sensitivity things that I sort of keep in the background. But I like to do what I call like curated authentic you might be seeing me and the kids a week before it was a moment that happened but I needed to make sure that like I just needed to sit with it for a yeah. week like mm-hmm. you know and like grow myself into it make sure there was the right music background make sure the messaging hit but it's still my real life it's just a little delayed and then it's funny because like things will hit and people will be like I thought you were you know sourcing tile today I see you're out on the beach with your kids and I'm like My Instagram is part of my business. It's not always real time. It's real stories. It's real moments. But it's not, for me, the way that I curate it. It's not always real time. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. And I like to keep it so that
1: it's just all real. That's what matters, right? Josh, you know what cracks me up about today is what they're doing is, you know, curating your images, staggering them. John is showing, focusing on what we call reader service. They're all editors. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, and photo director. I didn't know what I did had a name. Oh my God. I'm going to write <laughs> it
1: you, <me> did. <laughs> you guys are all editors and chiefs and photo directors of your business. Um, you know, and you think like an editor, like, okay, on this page, we're going to show, we're going to do a profile of me. And on this page, we're going to show this beautiful living room. So it's the exact same process. It just happens to appear on Instagram or your blog, but it's the same thinking. So can we get into a little bit of the specifics? Like Brigan mentioned, consistency is important to her. Jeannie, I think that you maybe are less about, I'm going to hit it every day. Mm -hmm. And it's going to reflect a little bit more if I'm, you know, in Vegas this week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can I take a peek into your actual day? Like, are you staggering at 5am with your coffee and you're just going to like grind out some content or how do you put this into your already packed kids, clients, TV life?
2: I don't mind lifting the lid. I'll give you my tricks. Yeah. Um, I try to plan out social a month in advance. Oh, wow. I have a weekly uh, schedule that I share with my social media manager And we have monday through friday we all take off the weekends and we know what we're going to hit on each and every post every single day of the week and at least monday i know what's happening till friday but when i can get ahead of it or like i know when this is going to hit live i plug that into the date and every day is filled with something and it's my three main social media channels um that's instagram facebook And Twitter, um, I care about. But also, so I have this nice curated thing happening. The messaging is equal. The imagery might change, but it supports the same story across Mm -hmm. all three. Um, I usually keep my Instagram feed as its own. So it doesn't always reflect the article we're sharing or it doesn't always reflect, you know, the messaging of the day. That's more of like our pretty picture of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... There are things I've had to let go of. So, like, I didn't want to miss the TikTok moment, right? So I literally gave my social media manager like access to basically my camera room and was like, just get a TikTok out a day, like one a day. And I was like, thank goodness nobody's on this yet. If this is a if this is horrible, then who cares? You know, but I was like, I know from Instagram, I know from these things just getting on once a day and hashtagging and being relevant in your space is going to be worth something. And I don't have time to curate this social channel. Like I, plate's already this full, you know? (laughs) Um, And now we have like 60 something thousand TikTok followers. And it's because I completely let go of the content. Like, I don't always think I look cute. I don't always think I look eloquent, but you know what? I handed over my camera roll and was just like, Please protect
1: me. <laughs> okay. Um, amazing. Great. Thank you. Yeah, but
2: I plan it out and I write it out and I have a team member who supports me and- um, One person or more than one person? I have one person who helps me physically post. I have one person who helps me create content and captions. Okay. And I am usually the button to hit send. Okay. I don't let anyone else
1: hit send. Okay, great. That's so helpful to know the behind the scenes.
3: Great. That's amazing that you're that regimented. (laughs) I can't even imagine.
2: (laughs) I started doing this at a time that it didn't make sense necessarily to my business or my brand. I'm not getting more interior design clients necessarily because my TikTok is working. But what I am interested in are these branded partnerships with mm. companies I love working yeah. with. And yes. so I had to build this system to be able to take on somebody who goes, I want to work with you. Can we create a post? I had to have that team yeah. and that system down so that when the opportunities came, they were there. Yes.
3: Yes.
4: I tried and it seems thing.
3: like we're all doing different things, yeah. and we have all different revenue streams, and we're focusing on our energy on, on those different uh, that those different uh, pieces of the business. So you know, we
4: can't, we can't overlook the power of like a simple post, and then like Regan was saying, the relationships that you get from all these partners that, you know, Jeannie Brigitte and I work with, you know, like Mm you can't overlook the power of just a simple tagging of someone in a post. And then they share that. And then more people see that. And then they Mm -hmm. see not only that product, but your work that's surrounded by that product. That's, that's powerful. And uh, and Mm -hmm. I can, I can legitimately take you back to a a specific client who came from that very situation. So I know the power of those things. And so that's another avenue that you know, maybe it's not in a magazine, or maybe it's not in print. But my God, if this if this social channel just shared this image of your work, and it has you know they have over you know whatever half a million six hundred thousand followers, and then you pick up on some of that that's that's really a lot of value right there. Huge. Yeah.
0: I feel like that speaks to one of the one of the biggest pet peeves. I don't even know if it's a pet peeve. I think it's just a general peeve uh, that I have in the business having spoken to so many creatives designers more so than architects who say this but when you ask many you know where how do you generate new business how do you, that's the question right and the number one answer that i get and i'm sure you've all heard this before the number one answer is word of mouth and i get it but if you tell me it's word of mouth it means that you don't actually know where your business really comes from. And it's, o- it's okay if you don't know where it comes from. Like, you have a client who referred another client. That's fantastic. But where did client A come from? Because that's the original source of where your business came from. And I think when it comes to social, if, if people could crack that nut that is social media and figure out how to actually drive qualified business from the socials to the project table, it would be be gold, right?
2: Well, and Josh, I think that like, so I I answer that way, word of mouth. That's where my clients in Los Angeles come from, right? It's the cousin, the brother, the friend, the sister, somebody came over, saw the kitchen, and then I get a phone call. There's no doubt in my mind that the first thing they did was Google me and look up all my socials. Mm Right. Yes.
0: But yes. But that hotel in the Bahamas. Right. For example, where, where they saw you on on social first and then reached out to call you like you can you can localize certain areas of the business. Like you can say if, if they're in L.A., well, you know, Jeannie with the Pasadena Showcase House, you know, you're like, OK, well, I know how much business. I've gotten from Pasadena, or I know how, you know, John, you and the de- design houses and the showcases and what you do, you can say, or I got it from this show. Like you and I were talking a long time ago where, you know, a, a, a reality show was great for you. And it was a good stepping off point. And after that, whatever happens, I think my point is that I would love to see and and present company not included in this because you guys get it and you guys do it. I just think that rank and file, and especially more the younger ones, if they could understand the business side of it a little better as it comes to relation, as it relates to promotion, like Alex mentioned, you know, if you're putting out social media, you are a publisher. You are an editor. You know, why shouldn't you get business from that?
4: And I think that if you don't speak to the different audiences in different manners, and if you I speak to, for instance, my Facebook audience in a totally different way than I do my Instagram. They're not as, you know, up on all the lingo and all the fun stuff that's going on. They're more of like very traditional uh, aspect of hearing things. So I'm really make sure that if I'm putting something kind of fun and quirky on Instagram, that doesn't always relay over to Facebook as well. So that comes back to your whole editing situation that you and Alex were talking about. It's like, I guess, yeah, subconsciously, I, I have been editing this whole time and I, I didn't even realize that it was happening, but I think that's so intriguing um, that we do it kind of instinctively, I think, um, or we should be doing it instinctively anyway.
2: I also think that this group, right, understands hard work and a generation of business networking that existed before social media. And because of that, my approach to social media, I'm always like, I'm super old school. I'm pen and paper girl. That's who I am. Even for my notes, like I, you know, I use these docs or whatever to communicate, but it still goes back to the same basic principles, which is like you work, you do the checklist. There's no like magic potion of like curating the perfect social media moment that's going to make you blow up. It's the consistency and the networking and the who you know, and then doing a good job and then your reputation building. And I don't think that that is talked about as much in terms of like the sexiness of social media. Everyone's like, oh, how did you come up with that viral video? And you're like, there's no, it's, it's the, you've got to treat it like a business and you have to respect it as a part of your business because there's no easy fix it right we, we can't all be the the cranberry guy on a skateboard I mean they happen <laughs> right, right? But Like for us I think it's all been something we've worked for and worked towards in our different recipes
4: and you have to ask yourself too what you want out of your social media or what you want out of your marketing in general like if you are looking to you know get more clients are you looking to be famous insta famous or whatever are you looking just for the attention like what are you looking for (laughs) and i think that needs to come across in there like for me i am always going at it of the approach of education and trying to you know kind of teach people stuff but inadvertently that also is a form of advertising in a way if you will because it shows like Jeannie does so well like i love your behind the scenes Jeannie, because i'm like oh my god i'm gonna steal that i'm putting lights on my toe kick in my kitchen right now Uh, um but you know all that stuff just shows our credibility is what i'm trying to say so all the things that we do shows that we do know what we're talking about and that we do know how to design and like this beautiful room didn't just pop up out of thin air. It really came from a lot of creative thought and, and probably months of, of planning mm-hmm. to do that. And I think that's so important.
1: Yeah. Do you guys believe in before photos? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's an old thing that stopped for a while and now I feel like it's super important.
4: Tell so, me when you're going to talk about this. I can tell you. <laughs>
1: oh, I, John, I love
3: your your little sliding before and after photos. Yeah. Those are amazing.
4: It yeah. changed everything. <laughs> I do a rewind Wednesday every Wednesday where I show a past project of how I, where it came from, from hopefully from the same angle that the professional yeah, exactly. photo was That's done. the key. Yeah, people just love it, and yeah. it's kind of like I became known for this before and after situation where it kind of happened accidentally one day. I even have a before and after on my website because that before and after section has gotten me more business than my new, just pretty project stuff. They want to see how it has evolved over the time. So yeah, I love that part. It's, it's old fashioned, but I love it.
2: Yeah. It's so important because what I realized is that people didn't know how good I was. They <laughs> don't have it after. So they are like, yeah, anyway, like that's what, show them the before. And that, I made that mistake on my first project on my own. It was a flip property. And I was so excited to show it to everybody. And they had no, they had no reference. Yeah, they were right. like, they were like, yeah, it's a nicest house. And I'm like, no, but this thing, you don't yeah. understand. Like, there was this and there was that. And I was working with this. And I only did it for this much money. And right. and ever since then, and I was like, I will never make that mistake
1: again. Right. So do you guys fork out the photography dollars for the before, or do you do that yourself?
4: No.
3: I'd do it on my iPhone. <laughs> Me
4: too, same here. <laughs> the
1: worse the, the four photos are, the better.
4: Exactly, so, the worse they are, the <laughs> better. <right.
1: laughs> but isn't it important to frame it almost verbatim for most aha value?
4: Yes, I think about that from the from the first picture we take. Um, and then I even instruct my team, okay, here's the first photo I took. As we're going along through the process, standing in this doorway, yeah. take it from that angle. So we have like, an evolution of like five or six photos before the after photo and i think we all can probably go into a project and we know what after photo we're looking for like we know what angle we know the door is going to be slightly ajar when this photo is taken so if you kind of design in that aspect and you keep that in mind as you're taking the photos i think that part's really helpful too okay so Josh,
1: any comments? I have sort of like a a little bit of a closing question, but I don't want to rush to the end. If you haven't something else you want to touch on.
0: No, uh, no, hit it.
1: Okay. So here's my thing for someone who's listening, who's early in their career and they haven't, they don't have traction on a social media platform yet. They do not have any press mentions. They're like doing a blog that their parents read every weekend and that it's not possible to do everything that we know, where do they start? What's your advice in terms of, I got to focus on one thing, or am I going to do a little bit in a couple things? I'm going to do a little podcasting, a little traditional PR, a little Instagram. What would you say right now, today, 2021? Start here. I think they need to figure out who their
3: audience is first, because the approach to, uh, you know, a baby boomer is totally different than the approach to a millennial. So figure that out first, and you know, figure out where those um, that clientele is, you know, where are they, um, you know, which social media channel do they frequent? Where are they, and cater to that. And I wouldn't try to do a little bit of everything. Uh, I'd, I'd really like to, I, I would focus, definitely focus. Great
4: advice, great yeah.
1: advice, thank you.
4: I think there's an exploratory phase that they really need to do, I mean, listen, all these platforms, aside from Clubhouse, which, by the way, I have not jumped into yet, because I don't know that I can handle one more thing on my brain. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, but I think that these have been around for a while. And I think that there's a way to look at different profiles and look at there's so much out there. If they just spend a little time exploring and figuring out, oh, my God, this designer has the same style, maybe has a similar personality, maybe has a similar way that they present to clients and not emulate that, but kind of focus on that direction, and it will give them a lot of, I think, uh, direction on their own to figure out how they should approach their own um, audience. So I think that investigative phase is really important for everyone right now.
1: Nice.
2: Love it. it. And I think what John is saying is reverse engineering. So there's always somebody whose profile as a designer, like, oh, they're so good. What are they doing? When are they posting? What are they posting about? Reverse engineer. it. If you want to be like said person or if you want to go after said opportunity, work backwards. Like, you know, I think we all emulate Martha Stewart. And I was like, TV was a big part of her brand. So I definitely need TV to be a part of mine if that's who one of my you know brand heroes is. Um, That being said, I also really recommend that people be honest with themselves about what they're capable of producing. So I could tell a new person, you should be on Instagram. If they don't have enough photography to support that, but they can get on and talk on Clubhouse every week, you have to build it out based on what you're able to do consistently. Because if it becomes a chore, it just you won't end up doing it, and everything will fall flat. Like the intention is everything.
4: Yeah. Can I all right. One Do thing it? to that, just one little yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as you're doing these posts and as you're doing these things, don't feel like you have to be all energetic and dance and sing and da 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 da. Like you know, some people are better writers. You might be a better writer, or maybe your captions are so intriguing and thoughtful that somebody wants to to read that. You don't have to be the song and dance person in front of the camera. You can you do you and you do it in the best way possible um uh, and and follow your strengths based on what your personal strengths are.
0: The only other thing I will say to that, you guys are absolutely brilliant and inspirational. and and I love this because you know when when thinking about who to talk to for this, you three are just perfect. It is really interesting to note too one of the things the through lines that each of you has, <clears throat> excuse me, has in common is that you, you manage every opportunity equally. So you look at it, you evaluate it, you give it, a, you give it, you give it value and then you decide if it's worthy of your time. So I, I think it's really interesting because when you look at social media, social media, when it first, when social first came out, it's like, what do I do with this? You know, in Twitter, Twitter is, Hey everyone, I'm eating a sandwich. YouTube was, "Hey everyone, here's how I made the sandwich." Facebook was like, "Hey, we went shopping and here's the ingredients we bought for our sandwich." You know, and it's just and and then later Twitter became, "Oh my god, can you believe he's eating that sandwich?" You know, and it just got so ugly after a while. So people became afraid of what you're going to put out there. You talk about authentic and you talk about, you know, going for your strengths. You guys are 100% correct. What's interesting too is that, you know, for me, I say no to more requests for appearances than I get because I have 52 episodes a year. I can't accommodate all of the requests I get for, to be on the show. I think what's interesting and what I've seen each one of you do is you take the opportunity that you have and then you burst. You take that opportunity and that leads to the next one. And I think you have created more opportunities for yourselves through your social platforms, which then an editor will see Bregan doing, you know, doing something amazing and say, hey, maybe there's a story we can do. And then they'll reach out or Jeannie, they'll see with a a product or a product integration or John, they'll see with one of the projects in that before and after they see this uniqueness in you, in your work and in what you do. And you, by the work that you're doing, you actually create new opportunities for yourselves. And I think that that's really where the magic is.
4: Agreed.
1: Agreed.
0: Really, that's how we end it? Just mic drop? (laughs) You're right, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) We agree. Well, okay, Then with with that being said, here's what I will say, Um, and to put a bow on this thing. Alex, masterfully done. Thank you very much for doing this. I truly appreciate it. Thank Jeannie, John, Bregan, I am so appreciative for you and your time. Thank you for doing this. If you like what you've you've heard and what you're seeing, do me a favor, go to the show notes and check out the websites and the social media for everyone here so that you can see what they do and you can you can actually see what it, it was that they were talking about. I thought this was great, absolutely genius, and I really appreciate your time. This was the wellness, another episode of the wellness uh, and design thought leadership series presented by Thermosol. And it's so important to, no matter how tough things get or how tired you are, to find ways to continue promoting yourself and your work, because you'll be, you'll be glad you did. Um, So with that, thank you guys so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Alex, Brigan, Jeannie, and and John, thank you so much. Thank you, Thermosol and Walker Zanger for your support. And thank you for listening. Without you, there is no joy in doing this. You are so greatly appreciated. My hope is to bring you inspiration and sublime design through these conversations to give you that extra push to be the most creative designer you can possibly be. I I think we did that here. I hope so anyway. Please make sure you're subscribing to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at ConvoByDesign with an X and ConvoByDesign.com. Be well, and remember to take today first.